Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Fighting for faith, family, and freedoms on the front lines of the America First movement. Gas prices since Joe Biden took office have have become exponentially more expensive. That's that's undeniable. Gas prices are in, insanely expensive. Are um, it's like three over three dollars where I'm at in Ohio, or, or close to every day. And there's oil prices are expected to soar in 2022 according to the Daily Wire. We'll hit a hundred dollars per barrel in 2022 according to Goldman Sachs. In a recent note, the investment bank pointed out to robust fundamentals in the oil market and a surprisingly large oil supply deficit, according to a report from CNN Business. Nevertheless, Goldman Sachs pointed to a long-term reluctant, er, reluctance to invest in oil during the energy transition. The average cost increased of gas increased from 201 to 340 a gallon from November 2020 and November 2021. However, Joe Biden's allies have been emphasizing the smallest available signs of momentary cost decreases. Remember, uh, we covered here on the show the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee pointing out a two-cent decline. Don Lemon celebrated the fact that gas prices fell by roughly nine cents from the previous month. A big economic relief for Americans, for millions of Americans who have been dealing with soaring energy prices. Lemon said on this program, cost of the pump finally easing up. Falling to three thirty-five, the lowest since October. Just look at that. At one point, the Biden administration attempted to address the high ta- gas prices by tapping fifty million barrels of oil from the United States Strate- Strategic Petroleum Reserve, according to the United States Energy Information Administration, consumed roughly eighteen million barrels per day in twenty twenty, meaning that the release only amounted to two point five days worth of consumption. So this article is, is basically. Just pointing out how terrible Joe Biden has, gone, has done with gas prices. And you heard uh, Goldman Sachs say how they're supposed to raise prices, become even more expensive. And, and the average American cannot afford that. As it is now, the average American is is putting $20 in their car, getting, let's do the math, $20 divided by 340 a gallon getting 6 gallons of gas and saying can we can we continue on with this if if you don't have a a small subcompact you can't afford the gas prices anymore in your car you may get half a tank and and hope that can last you the week until you get paid again so you can put gas in your car again and if not, you'll be taking out a loan to pay gas prices, and and, and that's not even a, a joke. That's not even an over-exaggeration. With how expensive gas prices are now, if you can't afford it, you literally cannot get anywhere if you don't have public transport, and that's the goal. The goal, I think it was in the Build Back Better Act, had a or Build Back Broke Act, had funding for public transit where they're trying to encourage you to become more reliant on public transportation so you don't have your own car, you don't 
get anywhere you want to go whenever you want to get there. And they're just trying to not really trap you into the public transit system. Trap is not the best word. But make you become more reliant on public transit. Um, there's a, uh, let's see here, BlackRock executive Larry Fink called on policymakers to create a green economic that is just that is fair and just by fostering access to renewable energy sources, as highlighted by CNN Business. He said that any plan only designed to cut the supply of fossil fuels will drive up energy prices for those who can least afford it. Despite BlackRock's advice, a surprising new proposal in California seeks to increase fees for residential solar energy consumption. The uh, California Public Utilities Commission suggested policy would uh, evolve decarbonation incentive efforts to meet the state's groundbreaking groundbreaking clean energy goals by creating a grid participation charge of $8 a kilowatt for residential solar panel users. Can we can we just cut off California for legal reasons? That's a joke, but <laughs> can we just get rid of California? Okay, I know there are some conservatives there, the, the, the largest base of Republican voters in California for some reason. So so get out of California, move to states like Texas that are uh, on the on the verge of losing a Republican majority on on the verge of no longer being a, a Republican battleground, or Republican stronghold, I should say, and going more to a battleground. Tesla CEO Elon Musk called the move about the solar panels bizarre and encouraged people to send complaints to Gavin Newsom through a website set up by the automaker. Tesla recommends that citizens call Newsom's office, provide verbal comments at upcoming CPUC meetings, and tweet at Governor Newsom using the hashtag SaveSolar. California is also weighing a constitutional amendment that would start a universal single-payer healthcare system. We talked about that on the show as well, how it would have taxpayer-funded abortions for illegal immigrants, uh, more healthcare for illegal immigrants. And, and, and I heard my friend Brandon Boxer on uh, 610 talk about this this morning. It, it, it seems like a competition between New York, and this is kind of going off topic, but New York and California to to... See who can favor illegal immigrants more, who who can do more for illegals and encourage more illegal immigration. And, I mean, New York's allowing non-citizens to vote in their elections. Uh, California's giving them health care. Why, why would you not be an illegal immigrant or why, why would you be an illegal immigrant and not come to the United States? So, so oil prices are going to rise. You hate to see it. I mean, I mean, gas is is going to become unaffordable, and it's sad. It's truly sad. And what else is sad is cancel culture. And not nearly as sad as gas prices, but cancel culture is hitting conservative news that the, the freedom of the press, the First Amendment, and I, I was going to come back to the, the second hour, or the second half, I should say, not the second hour, wow, I cannot do two hours a day, with this, but this is like a, a, a two-minute clip from President Trump talking about OAN being canceled by DirecTV, play clip. Joe Biden and the radical Democrats have brought our country to the brink of ruin. And all I can tell you is the people 
that are telling the truth in America like One American News are being threatened. Does everybody like One American? I love One American News. By the way, these cameras, you know, they're back there, they're covering this. They don't like hearing this stuff I'm saying. I just see the red lights that go off one after another. As soon as I'm going to mention CNN and how bad their ratings are, you see the CNN camera go off. But you know what? One American News has done a great job. And here's the story, what just happened. The woke executives, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They have so much debt. AT&T is a company that is in serious trouble. And they need AT&T. And AT&T saying that they may no longer agree to carry this network that's doing very well. You know why? Because people told them not to do it. So maybe what we should do is not use AT&T. You know, if we did, if we did what they do to Republican companies, we would have no difficulty. We just don't do it. It seems like not nice, right? But they're not nice. I want to just thank the Herrings are here, Charles and Robert, wherever you may be. But these are patriots. These are great, great men. Where are you? Uh, what people? Thank you very much. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much. So I don't know what this is. This is horrible. This is a great network. These are great people. I watch it all the time. And you really get the truth. And they want to cancel them now because of Pollux, for purely political reasons. It's a disgrace what's going on. But I don't think the people are going to stand for it, especially with One American News. The job you've done, you really should be commended, both you and Robert. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. So, so I'm going to cut that now. If you have direct TV, if you are a avid One American News viewer, I am not, I, I, I don't have One American News, but if you are an avid One American News viewer, here is a a phone number for you that you probably sit on the bottom of your screen. Uh, it is 800-531-5000, that's DirecTV's number. Call them, tell them you want DirecTV, or you want One American News. Or maybe, cancel your phone service with AT&T, who owns, uh, I think it's 70% of DirecTV. Cancel your cable service with DirecTV. Not using the word boycott. But cancel it. Get your TV somewhere else. Get a a, a streaming service and buy One American News by itself. Because if we continue supporting companies that hate us, and we have another one of those after the break. If we continue supporting companies that hate us, what's the point in having conservative businesses? What's the point of the parallel economy that places like Gab are starting? What's the point? Speaking of Gab, gab.com slash GOP Josh. We'll be right back with another brand that does not need to be boycotted. I'm not going to use the word boycott, but another brand that we should not be buying from right after the break.
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. One thing the Supreme Court ruling did not do is prevent businesses from enforcing a vaccine mandate. Carhartt, which its primary audience was a conservative farm person, recently announced that they are keeping their COVID vaccination mandate for employees in place, despite the Supreme Court ruling. An employee or an email sent to the employees regarding the vaccine mandate was recently leaked on social media. CEO Mark Vandali wrote that the recent Supreme Court ruling does not change Carhartt's mandatory vaccination program, which went into effect January 4th. We put workplace safety at the top of our priority list, and the Supreme Court's recent ruling doesn't impact that core value. We in the medical community continue to believe vaccines are necessary to ensure a safe working environment for every associate and even perhaps their household. No, no, absolutely, no, I, I draw the line. Your job as a a boss, as a as a CEO, is to protect in the workplace. The vaccine is not like a hard hat. You can't take the vaccine off once you leave the house. But this line. Continue to believe vaccines are necessary to ensure a safe working environment for every associate and even perhaps their household. It is not your job to protect my household. It is not your job to protect the household of my family. If you think that your job as a as a manager, as a CEO, is to get into every element of your employees' lives to protect them, do you should not be a boss, a, a manager, a CEO. Could you imagine? Okay, this is this is the thing. So, let's say that your house, you live in a nice, a beautiful apartment, right? A, a beautiful penthouse in New York City, and you're. Your your restaurant manager, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this, but your your restaurant manager, hear me out, who who is the manager of the restaurant that you work at, who who makes you wear a hairnet when you're cooking so you don't get hair in the food, has said you need to wear a hard hat when you're at your house. Okay, this is a stupid analogy, but you you have to wear a hard hat when you're at your house in case your roof falls in to, to protect your family. More like, a, more like a construction worker saying you can never take off the hard hat. That would be a better analogy, but you know what I'm trying to say. It, it is not the job of Carhartt, uh, of the CEO of Carhartt, to mandate the vaccine. To protect their households, is, is their exact wording. Protect, perhaps their households. Carhartt fully understands and respects the varying opinions on this topic. We are aware some of our associates do not support. We stand behind our decision because we believe vaccines are necessary to protect our workforce, as Carhartt spokesperson told Newsweek. 
I am... I am done with Carhartt. Retailers, conservative retailers, because I know there are some some local businesses who carry some Carhartt products. Gotta stop. Carhartt is not the pro-redneck conservative business that you expect them to be. And when they can get their hands, their, their, their nose in your personal life, your health, they will. And I shouldn't be surprised, but I am disappointed. The January 6th committee, I'm also disappointed about this. Today has not been a happy episode. It's not been a happy episode. Subpoenas Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, and three others. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot issued a subpoena Tuesday for Rudy Giuliani, a central figure in former President Trump's failed bid to overturn the 2020 election on the basis of unfound allegations and widespread voter fraud. I'm not telling you guys who this article is by. I want to hear your guess. Okay, I'll tell you later in the episode, but... In addition to Giuliani, the committee issued subpoenas to two other attorneys, uh, Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell. Uh, Boris Epstein was also subpoenaed. The four individuals we subpoenaed today advanced unsupported theories about election fraud, pushed efforts to overturn the election results, or were in direct contact with the former president about attempts to stop counting of electoral votes, said Benny Thompson. He's been in a lot, news, a lot more news lately. I didn't know who Benny Thompson was three weeks ago. Marks a significant escalation in the sweeping probe as the committee is now seeking to compel cooperation from those at the heart of the Trump push to overturn the election. Predicted that the lie was stolen. And I hope that they do exactly what really, uh, what uh, Steve Bannon did. Exactly what Steve Bannon did. It's called, we do a little trolling and we don't comply. Oh, the night before one of their primaries, we just... We do a little trolling. It's called We Do a Little Trolling. We do a little trolling. It's called We Do a Little Trolling. And we don't comply with with the subpoena. Giuliani's attorneys, Robert Costello, tells CNN that the House Select Committee subpoena his client amounts to political theater and dedicated that his client doesn't plan to provide information because he claims the executive privilege and attorney-client privilege. Costello also said that Giuliani has not yet received a subpoena and that the committee had not sought his voluntary cooperation before issuing one. The media got the subpoena letter before his client shows you this is political theater, not really an investigation of facts. (laughs) Applause to Robert Costello. He is exactly correct. Chairman Benning Thompson, who is not a lawyer, should realize that Giuliani has a claim of executive privilege and a claim of attorney-client privilege. Costello added that he has, it is hard to believe the committee is going to end up with any substantive information from Mr. Giuliani. When you're asking questions of the president's personal attorney, you're not going to get him answers. They want to try to make an example of him. Costello also represents Steve Bannon. Powell said in a statement through her attorney that she will appear before the House Select Committee and answer questions. Uh, Howard Kleinhelder reiterated that Powell, who is also an attorney, believes there was election fraud because there was election fraud, by the way. Epstein said in a statement Tuesday that he was, or Epstein, that the committee's subpoena called the panel and called the panel illegitimate. Uh, I don't see anything here about Ellis, who was also subpoenaed. 
Jenna Ellis, mainly just about the other subpoenas, which we've talked about here on the show. Let me let me find the tweet from Jenna Ellis, because I know she tweeted about this. I, I saw it earlier, I think. Let me find it. Jenna Ellis. The committee is just mad they can't date me. And that's actually where I got that original clip from. Someone replied to the tweet with, with this clip. We do a little trolling. It's called We Do a Little Trolling. We do a little trolling. It's called We Do a Little Trolling. And, and, and standing up for conservative values is, is, is something that these subpoenaed individuals should do. And, and one more thing, which I, I really don't want to have to talk about, but Ashley Babbitt, who is, he was a, a Trump supporter who was killed on January 6th, the only person killed on January 6th, by the way. New footage by investigative, or that was the last article was from CNN. New footage by investigative reporter Taylor Hansen reveals Ashley Babbitt attempted to stop protesters from violence, violently entering the speaker's lobby on January 6th. She was shot dead moments later. Ashley Babbitt desperately tried to prevent rioters from vandalizing the doors leading to the Speaker's lobby at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, even stepping between one troublemaker and police officers guarding the doors. Frame-by-frame video evidence analyzed by the Epic Times paints a vastly different picture of Babbitt's actions than portrayed by the media accounts over the past year. News media regularly painted Babbitt as a violent rioter and an insurrectionist who was angrily trying to breach the Speaker's lobby. Babbitt tried to stop the violence against the Speaker's lobby at least four times before she climbed into a broken window and was shot by Lieutenant Michael Byrd. At one point, she was so distressed at the violence, she was just jumping up and down in frustration. The reality of it is, Ashley wasn't a violent person. She was a good person, but they've demonized her to become this domestic terrorist that she never has been. An independent journalist who was feet away from Babbitt when she was shot told the Epic Times, Taylor Hansen. She served her country for 14 years. That's just insane to me they can actually get away with pushing this narrative, Hansen said. They've done that by suppressing first-hand witnesses like me. Lieutenant Michael Byrd raised $122,000 on GoFundMe after killing unarmed U.S. veteran Ashley Babbitt in cold blood. Without warning. These are the stories they try to hide from you. The story... That Ashley Babbitt was not a violent, crazy, insane domestic terrorist. The stories that point out that she was trying to prevent violent people from entering the speaker's speaker's lobby. But because she wore a MAGA hat in a photo, and because she was at the Capitol protesting... She's considered a domestic terrorist and insurrectionist. That's the fate they want for all of us. They want all of us to be labeled a domestic terrorist, a a violent insurrectionist. Even when we try to do the right thing and stop people from going any further. That's the fate they want for all of us. They're not on our side. No one's on our side. I hate to tell you, but I don't think a, a a former swamp creature governor of Florida would be on our side in a presidential election. They're not on our side. Prayers for Ashley Babbitt's family once again. She did not deserve the fate she had. 
My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned.